Hi, and welcome to the Let's Talk Healthy Pets podcast. I'm Dr. Karen Becker, Dr. Mercola's Chief Wellness Veterinary Consultant, and I'm excited to share with you the latest news about pet health to guide you in keeping your animal companions healthy, comfortable, and happy throughout their lives. My goal as a proactive vet is to empower pet owners to make knowledgeable decisions to extend the lifespan and well-being of their animals. If you're looking for more pet health tips, you can also subscribe to my free daily newsletter at healthypets.mercola.com. Thank you so much for listening and enjoy today's podcast. Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Becker and joining me today is Jonathan Lowe from O3 Vets to talk about all things ozone. So thank you, Jonathan, for joining me. It's my pleasure to be here. Thanks for having me. So I think ozone's gaining a little bit more traction right now. At least I'm seeing it more in the news related to COVID-19. And I'm sure that you have had more maybe inquiries as to ozone pertaining to how it could be used for viral infections in humans. But I want to start the conversation, back it up before we talk about all the amazing things that ozone therapy is potentially capable of being used for. How did you get introduced to ozone therapy um, and when? Yeah, so um, my, my family is kind of into the integrative health industry in general. And um, so about five years ago, maybe six years ago, probably more than that, to be honest. Um, I came across, we came across the ozone therapy when we were working with something else called ultraviolet blood irradiation. And the, the groups just really dovetailed well, those two. And then I met uh, a, a doctor named Margot Roman. And Margot Roman is out of Massachusetts. And I call her the ozone evangelist um, because she is just thrilled to talk to anybody about ozone therapy. And she, um, she really was one of the catalysts for me getting into the veterinary side of, of ozone, which nobody was doing at that point in time. Nobody was offering really equipment and training, et cetera, for this incredible treatment for pets, um, although they were on the human side. And so back at that point in time, I just uh, started O3Vets, uh, a company about five years ago now. Um, and have since then just really loved uh, getting to know and understand ozone therapy a lot better. And uh, so that's kind of how it started. Well, and I really appreciate you uh, making a special sector. I know that you, you kind of, your ozone business is a family business and you have options for humans, of course, but I really do appreciate you specializing in animals. They, I'm not sure that the, you know, the equipment's not any different, but how you use it and, and how to administer it correctly and safely for both mm-hmm. parties is different. And so we appreciate that you are a go-to resource to be able to provide all of the information for animals specifically. So I appreciate you for doing that. Tell us a little bit about what ozone is exactly because I think that some people have hang-ups because they hear the word ozone and they think you know I think that's you know relating to the atmosphere has an ozone and it can be good or bad so I think that some people are just confused about what it is in general and then most specifically how it could be used as a type of medicine. Yeah you're exactly right they are confused Um, and I when I go and and lecture or talk in places where they really don't know much about ozone therapy, which is basically everywhere, um, that's exactly how they view it. They, they, they mention one of two things. Either they mention the ozone layer, you know, which everybody knows kind of protects us from UV radiation um, here at the Earth's surface, um, or they mention smog. Um, both of those things kind of have a negative feel to them. So, you know, the, that's not a good thing. That's something we have to overcome when we talk about 
ozone therapy medically. And really all ozone is, it's a reactive gas. It's a reactive molecule. And, and what happens, um, I had a lightning bolt strike right outside my house um, a couple nights ago, and it was like a bomb went off. Well, what happens when a lightning bolt strikes like that is it rips apart oxygen molecules. And then some of those form back up as ozone, O3, three oxygen molecules instead of two. Because they're sharing electrons, it's really, it's really reactive and it doesn't, it's not very stable. Uh, so it's always looking to break back down into oxygen. Um, and, and so ozone is, is, is that type of a gas. That's what it is. And when we create it in an ozone generator, it's the same basic process that's taking place when you have a lightning storm. We just have high voltage and we're breaking apart those oxygen atoms and then getting a small amount of ozone to be created. Um, in that medical ozone generator. Um, so as a reactive gas, again, most people just think, oh, it's, it's dangerous. And, and that's true to a degree. If you breathe it in, we don't wanna inhale ozone. Um, that's when it's dangerous. That's why we associate it with smog and pollutants is because it is a lung irritant. And, and so you, you have to recognize that first of all. And we get a lot of people maybe commenting on our channels or talking about that. And, don't really know the the medical side of it at all um, that it can be safely used and that's been proven you know for many years now um, so that's a little bit about what ozone is um, and i i don't know i can go into how it works too if you don't if, if please you because because i think when people when people understand okay it's it is it naturally exists you know in nature mm -hmm. and okay uh we don't want to breathe it in so and if if it's administered in other parts of the body, not through inhalation, then how does it become beneficial to the body? Yeah, and, and so the mechanism of action, we call it, you know, the way ozone works when we introduce it into the body, and there's a lot of ways to introduce it into the body that we can talk about a little bit, but the way that it works is primarily through increasing oxygen utilization. So for you and I, um, you know, we're probably fairly healthy, both of us. Um, we're not too old yet, getting older, right? But as you age, your ability to utilize oxygen decreases. And we could just show you a simple graph that shows that declining as, you know, the age goes up. Uh, the same thing is true typically in ill patients. So our body isn't really utilizing oxygen very well. That's one of the core principles of what ozone is doing when we use it medically. When we infuse it into the blood um, somehow, or we infuse it into the tissue in certain ways that we have to do that. Um, it's, some people think it, because it's uh, very good at sterilizing, because it's very good at disinfecting, that it's just killing off bacteria and viruses, and that's how it's working. That's, that's really not how it's working. Um, there is that effect going on, but it's through kind of secondary means. Uh, so it's not just killing that bacteria or virus when we put a small amount of ozone in. It's really increasing your immune function. It's really increasing oxygen utilization in the body um, through some fairly complicated mechanisms, the creation of heat shock proteins and, and uh, different uh, kind of messenger uh, pathways that it opens up to, to stop the... Uh, um, increase of inflammation oftentimes in the body and, and other things like that. Um, so it, it's really working on that basic principle 
Um, and then there's some underlying things that we probably don't need to get into, but I, you know, I have lots of, we have lots of information. That's the cool thing. I was just reading a paper this morning by um, Velio Bacci, who's an Italian scientist on the mechanisms of action of ozone therapy or the proposed mechanisms of action. This was all the way back in 2011 that this paper came out and there's a lot more recent stuff now, but uh, you know, they were just talking through some of this and actually oxidative stress on our bodies is a huge problem. And some people think that ozone therapy is actually going to make that worse. We're actually going to increase oxidative stress on the body when we use ozone. And that's actually not the case. It's kind of counterintuitive, but it's the exact opposite process that, that takes place to yeah. decrease oxidative stress, to decrease inflammation in the body. Um, and it does that, again, through a complex process of creating some enzymes that are antioxidant buffering enzymes, et cetera. And so through these complex but very normal pathways that all life has, mm -hmm. you can facilitate some pretty unbelievable responses in the body, including, so when I went to vet school 25 years ago, uh, ozone was used primarily for sterilization, but for profound, like, I just remember horses with like all of the tissue being ripped off their legs and they're using it for wound healing to help manage infections. So gangrenous infections, yep. profound traumatic injuries, um, abscesses, but it goes way beyond that. So that my introduction was, and I'm like, well, I'm not a large animal practitioner. I've seen degloving wounds, like profound hit by car wounds, but you know, how often I don't do emergency medicine, I do lifestyle medicine. How often would I really use ozone? Well, that is that is that very narrow perception of what ozone could do is very limited. So why don't you talk a little bit about of course it does help with profound infections, in fact, yeah. But talk a little bit more about other applications for ozone beyond the obvious of infection. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and you, what you said there just reminded me, I was actually reviewing a PowerPoint this morning too, because we're having a, an ozone therapy summit tomorrow. By the time this comes out, you know, that'll be done. But, you know, uh, and uh, it's going to be a half day. And one of the lectures is going to be on using limb bagging for horses um, and wounds. And I was watching some of these videos that it's a Brazilian ozone therapist who is a doctor down there um, doing this stuff. And it's incredible, yes. um, the effects and, and what they were doing. But that is, like you said, just one of the things. Now, when we, when we do treat externally, let's say limb bagging, we are killing a lot of bacteria and virus and, and pathogenic, you know, pathogens there. Um, so that's a good thing. But we're also bringing oxygen to that area. And we're increasing the body's capabilities to heal faster. Yeah. Um, so you'll see with ozone therapy, a lot of times when in surgical cases um, or, you know, in these wound type cases, your, your healing will ex really expedite that process. Um, ozone will expedite that healing process. But there's a lot of ways to, to apply ozone. And one of the really cool things, this is why it's so versatile and why I think it's so incredibly valuable to a veterinary practice, but also to people to do it on their pets at home yeah. um, is happening because there's some really easy ways to administer it. So Rectal insufflation is really just infusing a small amount of ozone gas into the colon. And when we do that uh, appropriately, um, the tissue 
around that and the colon lining will actually absorb that ozone gas. And through that absorption process, then you have this cascade of effects that's taking place. It's not just for colon related illnesses, although that's a great way to do it there. It's also for other conditions. It's a systemic way to apply ozone to a patient. And so that's a really easy way to do it. In fact, I, these things, this is suppositories um, for, for, for um, ozonated suppositories, another super easy way to do it. Um, and, and it's similar to rectal insufflation, actually a little bit easier even though. Um, beyond that, you know, we have the limb begging we already talked about. We have major autohemotherapy, which is we withdraw some blood, infuse it with ozone, put it back in. A lot of people, doctors are doing this with acupuncture. So they're doing acupuncture points with ozone. Um, we have ear insufflation where we're putting, you know, for chronic infections. In fact, I had a webinar a couple nights ago and the doctor was saying, um, with all of our ear infection, infections, we're doing ozonated saline. Um, and so they'll, they'll lavage or rinse that ear out with ozonated saline. That's something you can do at home. Um, super easy if you have the equipment to do it. And that's one of the downsides of ozone because it's reactive. We can't really store it very long. So it breaks down really quickly. So you kind of need an ozone generator if you're going to actually do it at home uh, because you can't go to the vet, get your ozone, go home and use it. Now you can for a few days if it's in a fluid and if, it's, if it stays um, cold in the refrigerator, but it will break down fairly quickly. Um, so you have to recognize that. But a lot of, again, wounds, ear infections, um, there's a number of kind of uh, diseases that are even autoimmune. Um, that have responded positively to ozone therapy. I, I hear one of the people who's going to lecture uh, tomorrow, her name is Judith Shoemaker. She's a, a vet from Pennsylvania. And she's going to talk about um, some of the way, times she uses it for cancer. And she told me in one of her, uh, in an interview I did with her, she said, beyond anything else, all of my cancer cases, uh, they, that is where I see the most profound effect. Um, and so whether you're injecting it around a tumor or you're infusing it into the colon in certain ways, it's helping the immune system. It's helping oxygenate the tissue. It's helping decrease inflammation. And so a lot well, of things we all need. I will now insert my testimony here. Uh, my mama has squamous cell carcinoma on her lower legs, on her shins. So we're actually limb bagging both of her legs every day. But in addition to these ugly cancerous lesion she's got this profound rash and a lot of so she's just hyper she's her legs are bright red and very irritated and she's a little tiny woman but her ankles become so swollen from edema from poor circulation and lack of oxygen for me the most she's been through 30 hyperbarics of, she's being seen by amazing um you know she's got integrative oncologists and she's being you know treated by a bunch of amazing doctors but the most profound treatment notably was when she incorporated topical ozone limb bagging for wow. her rash. It was, it's like overnight dramatic improvement, which was so um, heartwarming for her to see because she's doing it at home. And so she's able to do her own treatment, not having to travel somewhere. And she can have visible, when she puts the bag on, her legs are bright red and irritated. When she takes the bag off 20 minutes later, they are 50% improved and they feel better. So that's, pretty cool that you have a patient empowered to you know be able you're probably empowering millions of patients but people can actually see before and after so profoundly right from the comfort of their own home that's really a beautiful gift it is 
it is. That's an awesome testimony too. Yeah. And I'm, yeah, I'm glad cool. that's, that's happening for your mom. That's yeah. Really encouraging. Yeah. It is a super cool. So cancer, um, just topical cancers as well. I want to kind of interject there as well as hotspots. Thank yep. goodness humans. My mama doesn't have hotspots, but a lot of dogs are plagued. Some kitties are plagued with hotspots, acrylic granulomas, those areas where animals start digging and digging and digging. And we don't know if it's an underlying parasite, uh, which this will help, this treatment helps for, if it's an underlying psychosomatic issue, or even neuropathy. Ozone locally has this beautiful effect on regions of the body that we don't, even in some situations where you can see that the patient's irritated, but we don't know why, ozone could be a nice adjunctive therapy as a non-toxic option to help address multiple pathways where irritation, inflammation, or degeneration could be occurring. But you mentioned uh, in our last interview, different platform, uh, about prolozone. And I'm a big fan of prolotherapy, but prolozone kicks it up a notch. So why don't you talk a little bit about what prolozone is? Yeah, absolutely. And I want to touch real quick on what you said, though. So topically, um, a great way to do it is with um, creams and oils. So a really simple way, like a granuloma, um, probably not the oils, but the, the ozone cream um, is really simple, really easy. And has been effective for that type of thing. And this is a side note, Jonathan, the creams are stable, right? Which is why you can produce creams and then ship them to someone because you're not going to lose effect with cream, correct? Yeah, exactly. And that's a good point. Um, So oils have double bonds in them and those double bonds, when they get oxidized, can stabilize. Now it's not really, we call it ozone oil, but it's ozonide oil. (laughs) Um, so it's kind of changed its chemical composition a little bit, and we can safely, though, store it in an oil, which acts kind of as a stable. carrier. It's stable, yeah, exactly. Okay. And, and that's what we put in our cream to make it as the active ingredient, is yeah. this ozone oil, ozonated uh, sunflower seed oil, actually. Beautiful. Um, okay. So, yes, I, good I point. I clarify that, because people are like, well, okay, so, so there are some forms that you can purchase that are stable, but those are the topicals. Exactly. Yeah. Yep. Okay, and, so continue on with the prolozone. Yes. So back to to prolozone. So like you mentioned, prolotherapy, um, usually a prolotherapy, it's just a very simple solution for the most part. It's like procaine, B12, B6, saline, um, dextrose is usually the most simple uh, formula that I'm aware of um, that people use. And they'll inject that into joints or um, actually for herniated discs as well, sports injuries, cruciates, you know, whatever you have there, ligament damage. Um, and, uh, so it's, it's a good, it's a great treatment, um, for those types of things. And there's been a number of studies done on prolotherapy, prolozone or prolo plus ozone, um, is the combination of those two. So basically what you're, what a doctor or veterinarian will do is patient comes in, um, they'll prep the patient, they will get the solution drawn up in the syringe. They'll inject that right into the joint. Um, the prolo solution. Then they'll take a syringe that's full of ozone gas and they'll inject the same amount of ozone just right into that same site where they injected the prolo solution. So you have those two powerful treatments that are synergistic and combining. Um, in fact, we have a doctor from Romania uh, who's a PhD who's going to be talking about that tomorrow again in our ozone summit and just a little bit about using a PRP um, as well and ozone together. Wow. My hair stands up. 
that's a very good. So platelet-rich plasma is a way to stimulate the body's natural healing defenses, but I can't imagine ozonated platelet-rich plasma. Yeah. Wow. So yeah, and, and the cool thing is, so here in the U.S., we usually um, do a PRP or platelet-rich plasma, and we inject that first, and then we'll chase it with ozone. We'll put the ozone gas in after that. So it doesn't really have that direct contact with the PRP. It, the, he's postulating um, that uh, it's actually better to combine them first prior to putting them into the body. So just a neat little. <laughs> Very interesting. I love it. Hey, Jonathan, will your uh, summit be available for replay or is it a one-time? Yes, it will be. So um, I don't know exactly how we're going to put that out because it is four hours long. So I'm not going to, I'll probably cut it up into segments. It'll be available on our YouTube channel, um, the O3Vets YouTube channel, if people want to watch that. Perfect. Great. That's wonderful because this will stimulate a lot of people saying, I want more information, and, but the timing will be a few weeks off. So. Yep. Okay, so, um, so in veterinary medicine, since you have launched O3Vets about five years ago, what has your reception been from veterinarians? Yeah, so our, our, you know, right now, the holistic veterinarians are pretty receptive. Um, you know, but we're just talking holistic veterinarians, which... I don't know what a great number is for how many there are out there in the U.S., but I'm 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 saying somewhere around a thousand, maybe you know, maybe a little bit more than that. But um, you know, so there's not a ton. There's about eighty thousand vets, period, in the U.S., more or less. And and so that crowd though is fairly receptive to it. But it's taken a few years even for that crowd to warm up because they didn't know anything about it except for Margot <laughs> giving her lecture lectures at um, holistic vet conferences. But for the, uh, you know, the conventional veterinarian, um, the reception isn't great. And if you go out and you look and you talk to your conventional vet about uh, ozone therapy, they'll look at you a little cross-eyed probably because they really don't, they don't know anything about it. Um, yep. And they're not very receptive to it for the most part. Yeah. And I think it's from my, my vantage point, Jonathan, it's just lack of knowledge. I have found the same response with hyperbaric oxygen therapy. When I interviewed the people at Keto Pet in 2016, and they were saying we're using hyperbaric as a part of cancer therapy. I was like, it's for bands. I mean, it's, you know what I mean? Like why, what? But they explained mechanism of action, and then they demonstrated that they get about a 15% improvement with overall chemotherapy protocols when they use hyperbaric. I was like, hmm. So I started referring some of my patients for hyperbaric, but do you know what? I, could, I, didn't, I don't own a chamber. I couldn't get the veterinarians that had chambers that were just sitting empty, not helping patients. I couldn't get them to use it for cancer therapy because they said they, they, didn't, they didn't learn that in veterinary school, and so they're not willing to help other cancer patients because they don't they didn't learn about it that way that to me is heartbreaking robs a patient of an additional chance for a functional healing response but i think also somewhat narrow-minded on the part of doctors in that there's a lot of things we don't learn about in veterinary school and the older we get and the farther away from veterinary school we get nothing more truer has ever been stated so i think it's I think it's somewhat our responsibility that if our clients come to us asking about different modalities, not that you have to invest in the equipment and buy it hook, line, and sinker, but I do think it's our responsibility to invest a little bit of time into researching what our clients are coming 
to us with because mm -hmm. that's how not only we learn, but that's how we're able to have, start a dialogue with the client that is sometimes more educated about a modality than we are ourselves. So my hope would be for ozone that as people either have it, I think, uh, how's the human side going? Because my hope would be that people that are familiar with ozone for humans would be going to their veterinarian saying, hey, hey, my functional medicine doctor, my rehab specialist, my internist has recommended I do this. What, why can't we do it for dogs and cats? Would be my hope, that it would be a trickle-down effect from the human side. What's the, what's the barometer of yeah. human MDs accepting ozone therapy? Yeah. That that's a good question. I want to just hit because I, that struck a nerve with me. What you were saying because it unfortunately we we do what's best for us oftentimes and don't think what's best for the patient or the client. Um, and I'm I'm not a veterinarian, so I'm speaking from a you know. But even myself from a business perspective, I do what's best oftentimes for for me instead of thinking what is best for my clients, what is best for those patients and not using hyperbaric that way or not being willing to look at ozone therapy is very self-centered. <laughs> you know, it's it, at the end of the day. Um, and, and we don't think of it that way, but it is. We need to be willing to think outside the box and to say what is best for these people that I'm caring for. Um, who rely on me, you know, for, for, for the health of my pets, which pets are everything to some people. I mean, yeah. their, their pets yeah. is, is um, just so important as part of the family. Yeah. And we need to, you know, we need to, whether you're a vet or a business owner or a, a pet parent or whatever, we need to work together and be yeah. willing to put aside some of our preconceived ideas and notions about how things work and just say, what, what's best? Let's learn together. Let's grow together. I don't know everything. And, and I want to be just as faithful as I can to do what I can do to make people um, have a better quality of life and a more enjoyable life. And, or, and, 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 you know, and maybe if you don't have the time or the energy to learn yourself, then at least, at least saying to your client, I don't know anything about X. I know nothing about it. And I also don't have the time or energy, nor do I want to learn about X. However, clearly you're passionate about it and you think you're aligned. The other, a little bit offensive thing that I think veterinarians <laughs> sometimes do is because we're the doctor, we we think that somehow we would maybe know what's best for a patient more so than the owner. Now, medically speaking, yes, we know what drugs work and lay people don't necessarily know that. However, in terms of the connection, the, the bond, there's no better person in the whole world to talk mm. about what my animal's feeling and how they're going to react to a treatment. And I don't think that's going to go well because of this, this, and this. And my dog doesn't like to have her right paw last nail touched owners know that about their animals and the sooner we can tap into their wisdom they are experts with their pets and we need to use them as the conduit in treating their pets because yeah. they know the most about their animals so when my clients come to me and say i want to do something really out of the box that i've never heard of um, and i need a referral to go see this person to do this my statement is is you are in charge of your animals and i don't know about that but if this is how, how you want to treat your pet i am not to say no i'm to say please report back to me i'd like to have a conversation with the person doing x treatment and i right now can't condone the treatment, but I would never tell you, no, here's your referral. I would like you to keep me posted on the results. That's at least meeting your clients halfway. Mm -hmm. 
absolutely. I can't, I can't agree more, you know, and we do have to be responsible, but we can't just allow the, the possible, the liability of the situation. I think right. all, a lot of times it comes right. down to liability. What am, you know, what am I going to potentially, what's the risks here for me? You yeah. know, and yeah, be smart, be wise, have, you know, informed consents, have different things that'll protect exactly. you as a practitioner, but, you know, be willing to step outside the box to look outside of, you know, what you're typically would do. Yeah. Um, but back to the question you asked about, you know, ozone therapy and medicine for human use and what's going on. Well, we're right in the middle of the coronavirus uh, pandemic. And so I just, uh, I just reviewed again today. There's, I get some emails coming into my inbox um, from places like Italy and different countries. Turkey is heavily involved in it and uh, some Spanish um, states as well that are working more heavily with ozone therapy on the human side. Now it's happening here in the U.S. as well. Um, but it's harder to get the medical establishments to look at it. Um, there are people trying to do that right now uh, so that they can test it for coronavirus and use it there. But um, I'm just going to read a, a really quick pair, uh, sentence here from an update that I got from Italy uh, just a couple of days ago. I think this was on the 6th and today's the 9th. Um, Italy's done a pilot study under the approval of the hospital's ethic committee. They obtained very positive results in 35 of 36 patients treated, reducing the intubation time rate from 15% to 3% with ozone therapy. So it, they had a really great response. Um, and now they're moving, and that's just one. There's various hospitals and trials that are starting and underway now with ozone for coronavirus. Um, and moving into the next phase then of blind randomized yeah. trials with ozone therapy. And that's really cool because we need that. Um, veterinary medicine will, will follow if, if human medicine, you know, goes down that road and we need to gain some traction in the human medicine community uh, so that people see it's a safe treatment. It's, you know, there's no, there's no real side effects when it's done properly. Um, and it's so effective with so many different things and it's not going to hurt anybody. I mean, why not? Yeah. Perfect, perfect words. I couldn't agree with you more. And it feels like out of this terrible pandemic that there's an opportunity for some, especially when the pandemic involves a virus that you know, robs the body of oxygen, creates oxygen deficits. Eventually it literally can suffocate the patient. If we mm -hmm. have a non-toxic op option to rapidly deliver oxygen back into the body in a way that is non-toxic and potentially has unbelievable stats associated with it. And I didn't read that paper, but I have read other papers from around the world where there's really provocative responses with uh, acute turnaround, keeping people up from not going to the hospital using ozone. It does seem like a perfect opportunity especially when ventilators and respirators are uh, in short demand, ozone generators are not. And that's a means of one step before needing intensive ICU care. Ozone therapy seems like a non-toxic, dirt cheap option mm. for helping millions of people. Yeah. And you don't need one per person, right? Exactly. One machine. So, you know, absolutely it is. And uh, actually, Mar Margo Roman, who I've mentioned a couple times, is going to be lecturing on that tomorrow during our Ozone Summit about COVID-19 and ozone. So I'm excited to hear what she has absolutely. to say about it.
Yeah. Yeah. Well, listen, Jonathan, we love, we love that Margot, Margot is a perpetual learner. She, she <laughs> doesn't stop learning and applying. And out of this, she, um, she's inspired many people to do a lot of amazing things, including you. Yes. Really good. Absolutely. Well, I appreciate you um, joining me this morning, taking time out of your day. I'm excited about your summit. Thank you for allowing the summit to be replayed afterwards. Our viewers and listeners and readers will be interested in checking that out. If they're looking for more information, Jonathan, where can people go to find you? Yeah, so o3vets.com is our website. So that's the best place to go to, to just contact us. Um, our YouTube channel has some great resources. So check that out, YouTube backslash o3vets. Um, and one other thing um, that I want to mention, um, we're putting on uh, in a virtual conference this year, um, which will be later on in the summer. And that's going to be available for veterinarians and for pet parents. Um, so if you go to IVM conference, that's Innovative Veterinary Medicine Conference.com, um, that's the website. We're working on getting lectures up, et cetera. But uh, that's another thing that I think people are really going to find a, an immense amount of value. And the goal is just to go beyond drugs and surgery. Um, with innovative me veterinary medicine and, and really kind of connect the dots from different countries too, where people are, you know, there's, there's so much wisdom that we can gain from different places doing medicine in different ways. So that's my goal is to bring that together. It's beautiful. And I appreciate you coordinating that. I appreciate you kind of coalescing our international colleagues that do bring so much diversity, wisdom to the table with different patients and cases and different vantage points. That is how we all evolve at a faster mm -hmm. clip to, to, to be able to provide the very best care and medicine to our animals here at home. So thank you for participating and doing all that you're doing, Jonathan. Dr. Becker, thank you so much for what you do and for having me on. It's been a, a real treat for me, so thank you.